This episode of Truce Table is brought to you by Truce Table. By Truce Table. Black women's musings on life, love, and liberations everywhere where books are sold. Online, in the stores, at your mama's pop bookstore. Go buy our book. Everywhere. Period. And this episode of Truce Table is brought to you by Faith Life, the makers of Logos Bible software. Faith Life uses technology to equip the church to grow in the light of the Bible. Learn more about Logos Bible software at logos.com and follow Logos on Instagram and Facebook. And this episode of Truth Table is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Hey y'all, it's Akemini. I am so excited that y'all are tuned in to hear this episode, Black Creatives with Morgan Harper Nichols and Andre Henry. We were so thrilled to have both of them come to the table with us, but due to unforeseen technical difficulties, y'all know the technology demons be popping up, Christina's audio contribution is unavailable throughout this episode, which may cause disruption in your listening experience. We apologize for any inconvenience. But with that said, we know that you still will glean a lot of wisdom, a lot of gems, and we believe this episode will resonate with you. So thank you for taking a seat at the table with us. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Akemini. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? Anyway, I'm glad to be back at the table with you, my sister. And I'm really, really excited for the topic on the table because we are talking about Black creatives. What does it mean to be a creative? What does it mean to be a Black creative? Like, what does it entail? What I mean, my just... I'm excited. I am excited, but I'm even more excited about the guests that we have at the table. Y'all, we have the well, the first one person I'm about to introduce is not a stranger to the table, actually. We have Morgan Harper Nichols, who is a writer, a poet, and author of uh well, she, actually several books, but her latest is a uh, Peace is a Practice. And so welcome to the table, Morgan. How you doing, Sesta? Hello, thank you so much for for inviting me and welcoming me back. You know, I love it here. So yes, honored yes. to be here. <laughs> and we love having you here. And we have another guest, y'all. We got somebody from the standing room section. Yes, 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 yes. The brother that made it to the table. <laughs> we have Andre Henry, writer, activist, okay, and musician, author of now author of all the white friends I couldn't keep. Okay, welcome to the table, Andre. How you doing, brother? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're so glad to have you. Thank it you. Is. Thank it's you. So I really good. appreciate that. It is. It is. It's so good. And I have so many remixes to it. I ain't got no white friends no more. White friends I couldn't get. White friends I ain't dealing with. <laughs> what about your friends? Um, so <laughs> how many of us have them? Okay, so, <laughs> so you know what? Let's let's frame the conversation. We we like to do that at Truth's Table. I would love to hear from you, Morgan and Andre. Just um, your own, how do you define um, a creative? How do you conceptualize what a creative is and how you enter into the creative space? For me, that's such a big question. <laughs> uh, for me, it's, it's, it is 
you know, in, in its basic form, a, a form of expression. And I, I, I believe that everyone is worthy of having somewhere to safely express. And I also think that the more marginalized you are, the the less likely you are to hear that <laughs> or feel that that's true. So, you know, for me, that, that that's that's what it is. It's like when I can look back on my over my life, I know that it matters that I had a safe space to exhale, to express, to to yes. to say, here's what I feel, here's a story I want to share, even if it was a like a, a bad cliche story and I'm in second mm-hmm. grade. Like just the fact that I had paper and pen to pencil to write it and right. and and a table was set in my house to write. That was significant. So yeah, I think it's I think it starts with that. It's it's I don't think it's any coincidence that we're kind of given that ability and, and, mm-hmm. and made to express in some way. So mm. That's good. That is good. How about you, Andre? How, how do you think of a creative and conceptualize that and show you know, up? I, I hadn't really thought about it until you asked that question. So I'm, like <laughs> trying, to, I'm trying to process it at the same time. And I feel like um, just in the short time that I've been able to hear kind of how Morgan processes things too. I'm like, I think that creatives don't really like defining much. <laughs> you know, everything, yeah, yeah, is, true. everything is kind of murky and all that kind of stuff. So I guess what I'm feeling right now, because I do feel like more people are creatives than identify in that way. I think yes. that people in general are far more creative than they give themselves credit for. Yes. So I think that those who we identify as creatives or who identify themselves as creatives are those who kind of lean into that creativity and make things, you know, mm-hmm. off, you know, and they do that often. Some of us are compelled to do it. Some of us make that a priority for ourselves, you know, and then others, whether, whether they do it as a hobby, but you are involved in expressing yourself in you know different ways i guess through some mm-hmm. type of artistic or creative expression yes i actually have this photo and i, I need to share it um because I, I feel like it just sums me up so well i was about seven years old and i was sitting at like the you know the big old pc desktop computer and i can tell i'm, I'm sitting at the computer but i'm turned around to the camera just cheesing from ear to ear and I'm just so happy <laughs> just Aww. to be sitting there on the computer on MS Paint, just painting. <laughs> I remember And, that. you know, when I look at, you know, I, I'm always just looking for the layers and everything. And when I look at the room that I'm sitting in and what I would have been doing, and my parents are pastors and there was just always people around, um, <laughs> always people around. And for me, that felt like a safe space where I could just kind of exhale and and explore and try things without, um, you know, feeling that pressure that I dealt with as an autistic child, not knowing mm-hmm. I was autistic, of like just trying to fit in the world. So for me, it was just like that. That photo is very symbolic because I'm I'm turning around to the camera, smiling like, okay, get your picture because I need to get back to work. <laughs> like, here's the big smile, mom. Cheese. I'm sitting at the computer. Thank you. All right. Back to my computer now. And <laughs> for me, that was just, that photo just, yeah. I'm like, I'm still doing that. <laughs> 
Like yes, if somebody came in here right now and said, Morgan, smile for the camera, it would be the same mm. big smile, like, ah, okay, all right. I gotta get back to <laughs> get back to tinkering, get back to That's creating. Awesome. So mm. yeah, that kind of sums it up for me. That is I, so cool. Yeah. What about you, Andre? What were the the seeds for you? I mean, as far back as I can remember, I've always loved the arts. You know, and not anyone in particular. So the memory I have in my head pretty vividly is I remember being seven or eight years old and I just loved to draw all the time. I always loved music. My parents said that I was humming songs that were on the radio before I could talk, you know, but but I'm just remembering when I was in second grade or so, I would always draw. There were three things I would draw. I would draw dragons. I would draw this little Colombian man with a big sombrero, like tiny, 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 like on a corner of some paper during class. And I would draw this little Colombian man and I'd tear up that little corner of my paper and I'd just play with him all <laughs> all day, That's you know, so funny, while, the teacher, while the teacher is explaining things. And then I would draw a lion sitting on a throne with a crown on his head. He was the lion mm. of Judah, right? Mm. So... You know, my, again, my parents are Jamaican, you know, yeah. there's Rasta culture around me and stuff like that. So, and I would just draw those things every single day. Wow. And I just love doing that. Yeah. Wow. And Andre, do you draw now still? Do you still? Do I don't. Um, I remember also, I just want, I forgot. The other things that I would draw was like scenes from the American Revolution. So I remember drawing this huge... Oh. Thing of Crispus Attucks, the first yes. black man, well, the first yes. the first person killed in the American Revolution happened to be a black man. So I would draw the Boston Massacre a lot as a kid. Wow. And um, now I don't draw, <laughs> but the reason I keep, the reason I'm drawing this out is because the only thing I can draw now for some reason are pigs. I'm very good at drawing pigs. <laughs> it's like a hidden talent, you know, like, so when people be like, when people are like, do you have any hidden talents? I'm like, listen, <laughs> if you need pigs. somebody to draw you a pig, call me, <laughs> call me. I, I won't even charge you much. <laughs> I am going to charge you, but I won't even charge you much. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was not ready. <laughs> I know. Um, so, so honestly, for a long time, I, I think um, Morgan actually said this initially, or maybe maybe it was Andre. Y'all were both um, confirming a lot of what each other said, um, just so how people don't usually maybe uh, self-identify as a creative. It's something you, somebody may, might put on you or they're reluctant, you know, to mm-hmm. own that label um, for whatever, however they conceive of that, that label. And I, I was definitely one of those people for a, a long time. I think I just embraced that label maybe maybe about two years ago like mm-hmm. and true stable been around for about five yeah. plus years and so it's been a journey i guess for me in my mind when i think about an artist i think about you know uh poets i think about creators i don't know i think about somebody out there oh, doing yeah. big it's, things like you know what I mean? like, architecture that is, very, that is very real because yeah. you know, unfortunately the the systems that we live in, there's so much hierarchy with everything. Yes. 
So it's like, well, why wouldn't there be for creatives? I mean, I was literally yes. doing this before we started recording and I was like, oh, I still struggle with that word poet. And y'all are like, why? <laughs> and, you know, it's it's like, wow, I'm still working on yeah. unlearning that and getting that out of me of like, what makes me any less of a poet than the poet that I look up to? What makes yes. me any less than the artist that I look up to or the writer or the podcaster? And, and I really think it's because like, we're kind of trained in so many areas to see everything as like, okay, this person, and then you get to this skill. Now you're above this person. Now you're above this person. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing it as like a community, like a round yeah. circle of people who are just yes, yes. constantly contributing to each other and and inspiring one another. It, it's like, you know, I'm realizing, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I've been making some kind of art my whole life. And I still struggle with that. Like, (laughs) still struggle with that. Could we briefly, like, just talk about the influence of capitalism on this? Like, the way that we think about this? Yeah, absolutely. Come on. Yeah, because I just feel like, honestly, I feel like if we did not live in a global system that forces us to be wage slaves most of the time, Mm -hmm. that more people would be creating things, right? That's right. Something that I struggle with sometimes is feeling like when I create something, it has to be useful, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or sometimes even because of my, I do feel a deep sense of vocation around fighting for Black lives, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that my art always has to be, uh, revolutionary, social justice oriented, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so I went, but when I think about, okay, another plot twist, I guess. One of my favorite musicians recently, he, is, he has become one of my favorite musicians, um, is Billy Joel. Um, because he is so good at so many things as a songwriter, but one of the things he's very good at is telling stories. Mm. And um, he has this song called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, Mm. where he tells the whole story of this high school couple that got married and they started having financial trouble and they got divorced and all sorts of kind of stuff. And sometimes I just don't feel the permission to just tell a story, you know, in my art like that, you know, and why not? So anyway, I just I just went down this line to just say, I just feel like. If we weren't living under a system, oh, I think people do things like that. They paint pictures of scenes of a lake or an apple or whatever, just because they want to. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the Mm -hmm. pleasure of doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that if we didn't live under a system that constantly drilled in this idea of productivity, of usefulness to whatever we make, Mm -hmm. or ate up most of our time, that more people would be, you know, just creating things just because they enjoy doing it or they want to express something about life or whatever. Well, I think that's especially true for black creatives, right? If we did not live under a system of white um, supremacist, patriarchal capitalism um, that is killing us, um, black people in particular, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And with black deaths, we're always having to, we, we feel compelled to always grapple with that. Right. Because we are un- we are caught in the undertow of that system. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's um, as Mother Toni Morrison has said, you know, racism is a distraction. 
Mm-hmm. It's like you're always explaining why why you would belong and yeah. why you're why God made you this way and mm-hmm. and all of these things when really it's like I just want to paint a lake but I can't just paint a lake because you didn't kill that brother right there by the lake and so I cannot even like you know what I'm saying so it's like I can't even it's like I don't even have uh, uh, the privilege of yeah. pleasure. Absolutely. Like, you know, like you really have to work hard, I think, as a black creative to just access pleasure, (laughs) recreation and hobbies, right? Or hobbies get commodified because of the system of 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 capitalism. And so, yeah, yeah. So go ahead. And then I I want to ask you all and then then we're going to take a break. Because then, yeah. then we're just going to keep on talking and then we're not going to have a commercial break. So go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Can I just tell you what messed me up? To your point, Academy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the other day I was using this. It's an organizing tool around human rights. And, okay. it's, you know, it, it. it's I'm not going to get too deep into it. But like mm-hmm. it's I mean, I'm so glad that this thing exists. It's helping people power map. Right. Okay. In a way that's very clear. But anyway, because it deals with human rights, they they showed a list of human rights and said, which one are you working on? <laughs> and I looked down a list and I think it was number 24. It said rest and ease, right? Come on. Rest and ease in this list of human rights. And, some, and, and someone added play to this. And I was like, mm. I never thought of it that way. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation is a classic in the making, according to Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggett, author of Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration. New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Jamar Tisby, says that people often say, listen to Black women. Now at Truth's Table, you have your chance. We don't deserve the gift of this book, but once again, Black women have generously served us all. If we are to actually alleviate the immense burdens our sisters bear, then we must heed their words. T. Morgan Dixon, co-founder of Girl Trek, says this, There is a textured knowing in this book, a spiritual enlightenment, made brighter by the author's own personal breakthroughs. The way they describe the fabric of our collective trauma makes me trust their solutions. And Dr. Joy Hardin-Bradford, founder of Therapy for Black Girls, says that Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, shines a light on some of our most vulnerable places as Black women, leaving no stone unturned. Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is a clarion call to consider our communal truths by opening ourselves up to a deeper inner truth. By Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, wherever books are sold. Y'all know here at Truth Table, we believe in getting in the word, which is why we are so happy to share this great deal with you from Logos Bible Software. Logos Bible Software is a powerful Bible study and sermon prep platform that allows you to study scripture and consult commentaries, devotionals, Bible dictionaries, and so much more, all from your computer, tablet, or phone. But maybe you've never heard of Bible software before. That's okay. Ain't no shame in the game. With Logos Bible Software, you can easily search and store books, hundreds, of thousands of them in fact every logos book from commentaries to bible studies resources on christian living they are all contained within the logos library so when you search for a word or a theme or a verse logos pulls everything together for you making research learning and studying the word much easier and faster so at this point you're probably thinking but do i really need it though sis 
The short answer is yes, particularly if you're one that teaches or your Bible study teacher or you're preaching. This resource will really help you. Logos Bible Software is an invaluable tool for anyone at any spiritual level that wants to go deeper in their studies. And Truth Table listeners can get Logos Bible Software with a 35% off discount when you order at logos.com slash truthstable. That's right. Truthstable listeners will save 35% off of Logos Bible software when you order at logos.com slash truthstable. Let's get in the word y'all. See, I know that you get questions all the time about Bible study and how to study your Bible. What do you tell the people? Well, you know what? First of all, I'm excited that they want to study, right? But I also recognize that, you know, one of the things that really used to intimidate me about just studying scripture is that I would just, I would get overwhelmed with the text, right? And so one of the things I emphasize to people is to get yourself a a translation of the scripture that's easy for you to read, right? Because if it's easy for you to read, right, and there's accuracy as well, right, then you're going to enjoy reading. You're going to be more likely to sit at the table and open up your Bible and do that. And the Christian Standard Bible, for example, is easy to read, making it more likely for you and I to stick with our actual Bible reading. How about you? Well, yeah, you know, um, you're right about that. This The CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, CSB, is a Bible translation for everyone, uh, wherever you are in your faith. And we know that people at the table are at different points in their faith and maybe even have some struggle opening up their word. And so the CSB's translation is for you, as this Bible has several editions and resources to help you along your journey of lifelong discipleship to Jesus, which is our goal here at Truth's Table. In addition, the CSB offers dozens of different editions to help readers engage with scripture in new and different ways. So if you're a journaling person, they got journaling Bible. If you are a meticulous study, if the studier, if you are a Berean, they got study Bibles. Hey, hey. <laughs> they have commentary Bibles, just to name a few. There's an edition for everyone. So E, where can people go to get the Christian Standard Bible? They can go to csbible.com. I'm going to repeat it one more again. That's csbible.com. All right, y'all, we are back at the table with Morgan and Andre. Oh my goodness, y'all got the conversations we're having offline. We're about to bring it online. We're about to bring it online so y'all can be in on it. But my goodness, it's so rich and so just great. So y'all... um. I'm just, I'm loving, I'm loving this, this, uh, what we got going on at this table, the vibes, as the kids say, you know what I mean? We're, we're in alignment here. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to be cool, you know? I'm, and I'm to be, it's too late for me though. It's too late for me. I still be trying to be cool, but I'll be like, Jesus made me cool. I'm so, <laughs> but you know, can you, uh, I, I, I'm just going to let it go. It's all right. I'm going to embrace this anti-status. That's all right. So y'all tell me, can you talk to us about the catalyst? for your work and for your entry point into being a creative, what started it to keep it real with us? Tell us the truth. Okay. The exclusive here at Truth table. <laughs> yes. So for me, I was, um, you know, I've been sharing kind of my story for a while, but over the past year, I've, I've just be, started to be, be more blunt about the reality of how I got here and I was broke. I didn't, I didn't have any money. I didn't have health care. And my husband was an independent contractor working construction. And I was, I think, seven months pregnant at the time. And his boss just called and said, I don't have work for you tomorrow. Don't come back. That's how Garden 24, my, oh my shop, God. was started. 
Wow. It was, oh, okay, we we got to put food on the table for a baby. Like we have we 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 gotta figure out healthcare, you know, hospital bills, I mean, are insane. Yes. And that was the motivation. So it's like when people ask me, oh, what motivated you to start all this? What motivated you to have this career? I'm like, it was that. And sadly, you know, when when I tell that story, that doesn't end up being the soundbite, you know, that's that's shared. It's it's not the the inspiring story of like how we can scale our ideas. And (laughs) it's like, yeah, sometimes that happens, but a lot of for a lot of us, that's just not the story. That's right. It, it came out of a place of necessity. Mm-hmm. And for me, being autistic and finding out that I have even more limitations around even working a traditional job, mm-hmm. if I tried to work right. a traditional job, I'm not going to get accommodations to, you know, to be able to not just thrive in the job, to survive in the job. Right. I'm not going to get that. So, and a lot of people who are autistic, who are disabled, run into things like that. And again, it's only magnified, you know, if you are Black. And, and it's so, complicated and 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 I, I I grieve that just to be completely honest mm. I actually grieve the fact that something that feels so sacred to me mm. to be able to create and to be able to express myself in this way it's been with me my whole life mm. that I had to perfect that into what could be a business so wow. we could live mm-hmm. not thrive but survive mm-hmm. i grieve that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grateful i'm grateful for the opportunities wow. and at the same time there is grief there for mm-hmm. sure wow that that makes so much sense because when you have when you feel compelled to use your cre- creativity in that way it it introduces so many other dynamics into yes. that creativity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Thank Morgan, you for sharing that. Andre, what, what was your catalyst? And then off of that, I have a, I have another question, but Andre, what, what was your, what, what kind of propelled you into this creative world? That you were in? I was just saying, I want a, I want a movie of Morgan's life. That's what. You're gonna give her more work. Look at you, give her more work. Well, hopefully, you could just be the executive producer. Yeah, thank you, you thank know, you. and sign yeah. off on it, and they give you <laughs> a lot of money <laughs> while they work on that. it. Like, I don't want you to write the screenplay. <laughs> I just, I just want you to sign off on it. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know? my goodness! Wow. Yeah, that, I could. I think I could do that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you can do the work. You can take the credit. Like, you can even change my name. I don't care. Like, just invite us to the award ceremony, okay? We will not harm you. We won't harm you, Morgan. We'll sit quietly in the audience. Like, I don't care. That oh is so goodness. funny. Oh my that goodness. is for real why I have not touched film at all. Like, and all I'm like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That, you know, you re- look at the movie credits. That's mm-hmm. you're right. That's, that's, true. You're right. Wow. that's so many people. <laughs> yeah. Much so respect. True. <laughs> yeah. So uh. true. Um I have difficulty answering this question because mm. for so much of my life. You know, I've been a creative my whole life and didn't really understand the business part of being a creative. Right. You know, right. so making that connection has been really difficult. And then when I started like really 
I would say more like writing and creating videos and all that kind of stuff, like basically creating media around racial justice stuff. I didn't think of it as like a career, right? I didn't think of myself as starting a business or anything like that, but I knew I needed money to do it. I knew that I had a job, so that was taking up time for me to do the work. So then I had to come to the conclusion like, okay, well, I need to somehow get paid for doing this so that I could pay the expenses for doing this and have the time to do it. So in a way, it's also around necessity, right? Um, Yeah, also, it's, it's also around necessity. And I feel like for me something that does drive the work that I do is that Mm -hmm. I need the space to tell the truth. Mm. Um, Mm. And oftentimes when you, especially as a person of faith, like when you are, you know, you're working for for certain organizations, you have certain people to answer to, sometimes your truth can get you in trouble. And come on as a creative, you need room to say all kinds of things. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you need you need room to ask questions about things that people hold as givens, as sacred, you yeah. know. Yeah. And just asking the question can be offensive. So a part of me is just like, I need a autonomy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? yeah. I need yes. as much autonomy as possible so that I can ask my questions and 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 express my feelings and and to say what I think is true. Mm. Yeah, the autonomy piece. Oh my goodness. It is such a high price to have that autonomy, that creative, let me say creative autonomy, right? Mm -hmm. To speak truth to power, right? Because profits don't belong on the payroll, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) People don't want profits on the payroll. Profits hit the bottom line, okay? (laughs) Profits mess with the donation stream. Profits, you know, uh, call out people in uh, executive C-level suites Mm -hmm. that need to be removed, right? And so, so yeah, there's a a, um, great price to pay. And so, you know, on on that same note, I'm curious about what you all, how... Because really the context of this really is capitalism, right? Yes. I, I, I feel like that is mm-hmm. the, the the context really of our conversation um, and the wages of capitalism. And so I'm curious about the ways that you all um, toe the line between your creativity um, and um, I would say commodification or even objectification. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a temptation, there's a fine line. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes you can miss the line um, between... When you're just, you know, doing your creative work, you know, and maybe getting paid for that. Um, but how do you determine when to say yes to something and when to say no? Because you have to pay rent, because mm-hmm. you got to pay mortgage, because you need health care, right? Or you need yeah. to pay, you, your, your child had to go to the ER and you got to pay that $700 bill, you know, because mm-hmm. he had a cough and you didn't, <laughs> you didn't know where yeah. the cough came from. <laughs> so how, because that's, that's just life, right? It's just so mm-hmm. fragile and unpredictable. How do you determine, you know, or how do you keep your integrity? And maybe that's the yeah. question. How do you keep your, maintain your integrity as a creative mm-hmm. in a capitalistic society? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's such a good question. And, and that's something that we have to talk about more because it's like, regardless of your 
political affiliation or associations. Like if you, if you, especially if you grew up in the U.S., like that's the system you grew up in. Okay, mm-hmm. it's, yes. it's, it's <laughs> like it's an important context <laughs> that you have to like. We got to talk about it more. Yes. You know, in, in yes. a way that's not just you know so clickbaity. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate, it and I'm glad that we're having this conversation. And you know, for me, for whatever reason, as a kid, you know, like you know those kids who are like you know they're like the ones on the lemonade stand, like well, let yeah. me upsell you, you know, two for one. I was always the opposite of that kid. Like I was always like, okay, how can we just we can just have well, why can't we just give the lemonade away? And it's like well, go, who's gonna pay go. for the lemonade? <laughs> it's like I don't care. Like somebody somewhere who cares? Like yeah. I was always just like just give the stuff away. Like I, I don't care, and I'm still that way. So here's an example of. It. Mm-hmm. So I have an app. I have an app. It's like yes, you it's do. called Storyteller and it's a daily subscription app. Now the app, it costs money. It does cost money. It's just a few dollars a month. When I tell y'all, I almost didn't want to do the app because I was like, I can't have an app out there that I'm charging people for. I was like, that's just, why would I do that? And right. then the app developer right. told me, they were like, well, here's what it costs to make the app, you know, just to have it up. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, so who's going to pay for it? I was like, I guess I got to pay for it every month. He's like, well, you can charge a subscription. It took me forever to come to terms with that, y'all. I, I just yeah. really struggled with that. So what I ended up doing is I felt like, you know, I was like, I I feel like I have to compensate for the fact that I'm down charging for my artwork. So I up, I increased my free artwork <laughs> that I put okay. out there. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. I'm okay with that because that energizes me. It mm-hmm. energizes yeah. me to be generous and to give stuff away. And yeah. I, that doesn't mean I have to do it in the same capacity all the time. But I know for a fact that when I get to show up online and like, be like here's some free wallpapers, like that mm. brings me joy to share that with yeah, people. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you could probably calculate it and see what that's costing me, mm-hmm. but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's how I, I, I've been kind of dealing with it. It's like, there comes a point where I had to look at it and say, Hey, because of this system and the way it's all set up, you know, I, I may have to charge for things that I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, if it were my way, I wouldn't even want to charge for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I end up doing, I'm like, well, how can I, in other areas of my life where I am able to be myself, myself that doesn't care about that, you know, how can I just continue to do that? And I'm just going to be totally transparent. The quote unquote, yeah. more successful I've gotten, the more pushback I get. I get mm-hmm. people who are who are experienced, who are business owners saying, you should charge for that. You should charge more for that. And I'm like, if it means I earn less, it just means I earn less. Right, I can't right. give up on what brings me joy and like the reason why I do this. Like yeah. I'm doing this to to connect with other people in a meaningful way. Like that matters so much to me. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like you would think, I think for me, I thought like if I had some success, people would like be like, oh, she knows what she's doing. No, it's, it doesn't work. I still get, <laughs> you like, oh, you could charge for this. You could charge for that. You could do this. Like yeah. you could do this course. Yeah. You could do that course. And I'm just like, or I could just not. <laughs> Come on now. Maybe I'll be fine. And it's really hard to talk about. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to talk about because I, I feel like it is it is count, countercultural, at least based on yes, the responses is. that I get. Yes, mm. it absolutely is. But thank you so much for being transparent and sharing that and showing even just your process of, of maintaining your integrity. You're like, okay, I had to charge that for that app. So I'm going to put out more free art. Like, that is so generous yeah. of you. <laughs> and I think it shows... Um, a a, a a a deep faith in God. It's just like I just you just trust yeah. God to do the math. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just trust that God Ooh, got you. Yeah, you know, like 
Thank that's you. That's you. I that's, just, you know, yes. like, and it's hard. It's hard when you're in it, especially when you're creative, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's going to work out. It's going to be all right. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great. Yeah. What about for you, Andre? How do you uh, maintain your integrity as a creative? What What is the line for you? Yeah, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about this because it really mm-hmm. is something that I've been really uh, wrestling with a lot lately. So I think that I'm just recently learning that I don't have to share my whole self with people online oh. or out in the world, right? So because that's how I was showing up. I was just showing up as like, hey, this is me, you know, in all my messiness. Some of it you're going to like, some of it you're not going to like, some of it you're going to be like, oh, I don't, yeah. think that, I don't think that people should act that way, you know, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just a guy online. I realized that as your platform grows, it's just not even safe to be that way online, Come right? On, it's, it's not even not. safe for you to be that way online. And so for a long time, though, I felt like I had to present. I wanted people to know me, right? And all of these layers and dimensions, you know, like I'm a creative, I'm an artist, I care about justice, you know, um, I, I, I have you know, I have a relationship with God, you know, all these things. I wanted people to know all these things. And I realized it's just impossible. And I say, I start there to say, I had to become comfortable with understanding that it's okay for me to create commodities online for Mm. people to buy because they're not gonna, it's, 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 it's already a depersonalized space and I can't do anything about that. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. In fact, you know, again, as my platform grows, it's just, there's only so much interpersonal connection (laughs) that can be there. Mm. And that's just the way that I look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, because I was uncomfortable selling anything for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then a few things, a few things I've just had to learn, I feel to accept or learn about the world. One is me selling things is not capitalism. <laughs> Come on, break that down, Andre. Right. Yes, please, please say like, that. Please, cap- your small business is not capitalism. Can you, can yeah. you just, can you park cap- there a little bit? <laughs> yeah, capitalism is a system of exploitation where, I make a profit from other people's labor. That's right. Right. I am the primary laborer <laughs> in my in my work. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like someone tried to say that I was a capitalist because I have a book out. And I'm like, well, tell me whose labor was exploited to produce my book. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. whose labor did I exploit to make to, mm-hmm. for my book to be produced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because last time I checked, I was the one who endured the trauma that is written about in the book. Hello. <laughs> and, and spent the hundreds of hours writing and editing it. Yes. Right. So I had to learn and be com- and be comfortable with the, or, uh, you know, I had to really just accept like, I am not a capitalist by selling things, right, you know, right. I live in a capitalist system where I have an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Either I sell my time and labor to somebody else <laughs> or I create the conditions to own my own means of production. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that is, that seems to be the ultimatum set before me. 
Yes. And because I need the autonomy and the space to tell the truth, Mm -hmm. it is in my best interest to try the best as I can to own my own means of production. Mm -hmm. Um, And so while I do that, I just try to keep my why at the center, Mm -hmm. right? Because the why of many people in capitalism is... to make as much money as possible, to make as much profit as possible. And that's why you have at the root, you know, white people killing off, massacring, you know, indigenous people and enslaving black people is because they want to maximize as much profit as possible Mm -hmm. and keep Mm -hmm. the cost of whatever they're producing down. Right. So, and that, and that MO is still very much present. Well, my why is not to make as much profit as possible. My why is to preach the good news to everyone who can hear it, that it doesn't have to be this way. That is, that is my message. It doesn't have to be this way. That is my why. That's how I wake, that's why I wake up in the morning. And that's what I'm using all my creative gifts to do. And as long as I'm keeping that at the center, I feel fine because I realize if I could by myself, and capitalism today, <laughs> a brother would. A brother would end <laughs> capitalism today if he could by himself. But he can't. <laughs> you know, a brother yeah. lives in Babylon. And when you live in Babylon, Come on. you know, you might be able to say, listen, I'm not going to eat from Nebuchadnezzar's table, you know. But you might find yourself like Daniel ruling over some provinces and, you know, working as an administrator in Babylon. It's not what you want to do, but that's, you know, you can't you can't end that by yourself. So for me, it's all about keeping that why in focus and trying to make sure that what I do lines up with my values. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. it's very recent that I started really thinking about, okay, I need to start a business. I need to create a business entity and just, you know, like that's very recent for me, actually just a few months ago. I haven't had a business entity until a few months ago when I, when I realized, okay, like that's the ultimatum is keep selling your time and labor to somebody else. Or buy it back. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. I understand. You know, no, I, you, that, yeah. I think on that note, I would love you. You were talking, Andre and um, Morgan. You were just talking about just um, or lifting up. I, I heard you know talking about you know we're in Babylon and and preaching the good news and things aligning with your own values. Um, and I'm I'm curious if you all can. Um, and I might be putting you on the spot here. <laughs> Give us um, a, a bit of like a, a, theo- a theology of um, your creativity. You know, how do you think about your creativity? Do you think about it as worship? And and how do you con- do you? And, you know, and, and how do you conceptualize that? Because I mean, even you, Morgan, just talking about the grief of having something so sacred to you. You know, your your art and your creativity and having to, you know, having being put in a position where you had to monetize that, right? Yes. Because of the conditions, you know, of mm-hmm. uh, of the society in which we live. I'm curious about um your own theology of creativity. Do you see it as worship? Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, think about that? Yeah, it's that's such a good question. And and you know, I'll definitely be sitting with that. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I appreciate you for asking yeah. that because you know, but as you were talking, I'm just a huge image person. Like the yes. first kind of image that came to my mind was Moses, who has always just been someone who I just always uh-huh. felt very connected to that story for many, Moses' story, just for many different reasons. Yes, of course. And, you know, when I think about how it was just a couple, a few generations ago, um, you know, my very existence on this soil that I'm on yes. right now, yes, today, yeah. 
was to help somebody else yes. maximize their profit, yes. <laughs> no matter the cost. Yes. Like that was just like five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know, when I think about that and even looking at Moses, and it's like any forward movement that he made and what was making was still in the context of this larger system (laughs) where he didn't have the say so as to who was oppressed or how without, you know, great cost, if he were going to speak or do anything about it. And, you know, when I just think about that, I'm like, you know, for me, that means that my creativity is a form of resistance. Come on. Even in the most simple ways. And I think about, I'm going to paraphrase it. I, I wish I had it in front of me. But it reminds me of that um, that line from uh, Audre Lorde's poem. Um, I always mess up the middle word. A litany for survival or of survival. Uh-huh. I always mess yeah. up the middle word. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the very end, it says, you know, again, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, at the very sure. end, it says, um, so speak because you were never meant to survive you know, and, and it's on. like, that's, that's, that's what this is. Mm. It's like, there were anti-literacy laws. Yes. At the time, I think my great-grandfather yes. would have been yes. alive. Yes. So it was yes. like, for me to read a word, to write a word, yes. to speak a word, to, to paint with a paintbrush mm. is something that I could have, I, who knows what could have happened to me for doing that simple thing. Mm. And for me, I, I just, I see God in that. Yes, I see yes, 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 that yes. as miraculous. Mm. One of my favorite, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I'm saying it anyway, because I, I just love to say this. Recently, over the past few years, you know, again, I've, I've had some cool things happen and just sharing my story mm-hmm. with people, um, you know, certain kinds of people. <laughs> and they're like, wow, what an amazing thing that you've been able to accomplish. And I've literally been told this several times. What an amazing thing you've been able to accomplish in America. And to that, my response is, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, right? it is astonishing <laughs> that I've been a able miracle. to accomplish anything here. Yeah. Of course, they mean it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, they mean, oh, it's everyone has opportunity to build this massive thing. And for me, it's like, amidst all of this oppression, yes. the fact that Name there it. is a roof over my head Name and it. I have any kind of sense of humor is <laughs> Come on. the grace of God. <laughs> That's and true. so for me, that's I think that's how I would answer that question. And I'm trying to get I'm trying to posture myself to remember that on a daily basis. Yeah. Like, Morgan, you don't have to be 10 times better than you were last year, or even or even an inch better than you were last year. Just being here at all, just showing your black son how to use a paintbrush or play with crayons is yeah. by grace. Yes. And that is beautiful and that is sacred and that is that is glorious. Like and 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 just savor that. That's what I'm I'm trying to tell myself. Mm, yeah, that's so rich, so rich. You know, like like it our existence, it, it it's a miracle. It really is a miracle. That that the people that were asking you and telling you that didn't know <laughs> the conditions that you were understanding that but we but know. Only we know. You knew, you know, what it took to get here. We you know. know, we know. Andre, what about you? What's your have you thought about this? Like what what is your theology of of creativity and do you yeah. see it? you know, as a, as a form of worship and yeah. How do you conceptualize that? How do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, 
Okay, I'm gonna be real honest. I try not to theologize in public anymore, but I'm gonna do it. (laughs) I try not to do it anymore, you know, because trolls. (laughs) Um, But um, but here I do have a lot of thoughts about this because I used to think about this a lot. And basically, what I would say is I I do think that God is playful, Mm. you know, as well as creative. Yeah. When I used to preach a lot. I remember I was preaching about from Genesis one, which we know, you know, or some feel that it is a t- it has the structure of a temple song, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that it has this kind of refrain, right? And God saw that it was good, mm-hmm. and there was evening, and there was morning on that day, and then, yes, you know, so it has this rhythm to it, right? I have a friend, his name is Mark, and Mark is one of the best drummers that I know. I mean, he's just incredible. And he's been, he's toured with Sean Paul and all these others, you know. Mm. And when Mark is on the drums, he just looks like he's the happiest person, you know, in the world. It's like, that is his happy place. That's where he belongs. He's like a fish in water, right? Mm -hmm. And when I'm preaching from Genesis 1, I was like, y'all, I think that God looks something like my friend Mark in this mm-hmm. in this narrative mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. God is creating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also compared it to me, like when I'm when I'm cooking, because when I'm cooking, which I'm a good cook, I like to dance. I just do. It just happens, you know. I'm right. just like, this is gonna be so good. Ask me when I'm about to eat. Right. But I. Same. But that's how I see God in that. That's how I yeah. see God in that narrative yeah. is that God makes this and he's like, oh, it's about to be good. And God makes that. It's about to be so good. God makes that. another thing. That, it's about to be so yeah. good. Right. Yeah. And why is God creating? Right. Mm. You know, people have asked this question and people have many answers, but I'm just saying like there's there is there's no reason given. Right. In the text, why God is creating. I think God is creating because God wants to, right? right? That's it. Yep. God wants to. And I think that that is wow. for me, like that's, that's creativity for me is mm-hmm. there's no reason. There's no reason why I was in second grade drawing lions and dragons and Colombian men. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I just, there's no reason why I just started drawing pigs one day. It's like, you know, like I just, I just wanted to, mm. you know, and I think that is for me, it's like, that's a part of the image of God. And that's, yes, you know, and if we are created in God's image, then that's a part of us, you yes, know, yes. you know, that's the part. And some of us, we reflect that a lot. We express that a lot. Like it's a part of our being, but you know, I do think that it's, I just think it's a part of being created in the image of God. And so the way that I think about myself or I have been lately has been like, someone told myself, you know, in this music program I recently graduated from, it's like, you know, a bird wakes up every morning and sings. They don't think about it. They don't reflect on it. They don't wrestle with it. That's just, that's a part of how they're created. They wake up in the morning and they sing. I thought about that because where I where my family still lives in Stone Mountain, Georgia, they have this front, they have a lot of space. They have a huge front yard and a huge backyard. And in the morning, there are, I can't tell you how many birds. There are so many birds just in the trees and they just sing. Wow. And I said to myself, you know, Andre, 
you need to just wake up in the morning and you need to just, you need to just play your piano, you need to mm. play the guitar, mm. you need to sing just because that's what you, that's a part of you. That's a yes. part of your makeup. Yeah. yeah. So for me, that is part of my theology around creativity is that I believe that God is creative. I believe that God is playful. I believe that God creates just because God has yeah. the thing yeah. inside of God that says, yeah. I got to make something. I'm yeah. going I'm to make something, you know? And that that's a part of us sharing and not just the image of God, but I really do. When I used to preach and theologize in public, you know, that I would tell people that I do believe that the essence of the gospel doesn't just begin with sin and forgiveness and redemption, but it begins with God creating human beings to share God's life with those beings, right? That we are. That's, you know, we're invited to become partakers of the divine nature, you know, that we are invited to enjoy the type of life that God enjoys to some degree. That's why God creates a garden called Eden. Anybody who read, who heard that story to begin with knows that the gods create gardens of bliss for themselves to enjoy. That's what Eden means, bliss, pleasure. So God makes one for God's self and then makes human beings and say, hey, enjoy anything you want in here. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just that's just how I see it. I love that. I love that the the communion piece, I think, is often missing from the gospel. But Mm. that's what made sin so evil is that it broke communion (laughs) between us. It broke fellowship (laughs) between us and God. Like we need that's what we that's what we are. uh, We will one day recover in its fullness. Right. Right. And so I think it's so right that we have we do actually have to start with that, you know, because that is what is that. That's what we have to look forward to. That is what we're going to. That's what we're going to enjoy. Y'all, we cannot forget that. So that is so rich. I y'all you. Well, you just blew my mind. <laughs> I really enjoyed being at the table with y'all. Um, you know, I would love for you all, and, and maybe you don't have maybe you don't have an answer to this question. Um, before y'all, because I want I want to turn it over to y'all to tell our listeners where they can follow you and buy your books and sell whatever you need to sell. Because uh, we we are not the capitalists, right? Uh, so we are not exploiting people for our uh, our creativity. Um, but I'm curious if uh, you all can talk about if, if there's anything on your creative bucket list, you know what I mean? If you could uh, uh, put that in, and put that on the table. Like, you know, there is this one thing. Uh, Andre put this on Morgan's list. Talking about you going to have a movie. But uh, maybe that ain't on your list, Morgan. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is. So, but can you talk about, is there anything on your creative bucket list that you would like to put on the table? And then after that, you can go ahead and, um, yeah, and plug away and talk to our listeners, our sisters at the table. You know, I think for me, it, it's it's really not so much attached to like a goal or right. specific thing. Um, I think one thing that I just crave that I don't really feel like I've had a ton of time to do, I feel like I'm getting there because I'm aware of it now. And I just want to get to a place where I can just tinker (laughs) and just like experiment and try Mm. things and be like, I want to learn the bassoon and (laughs) just see what it sounds like I love to it. play the bassoon. I'm like, I've never played a wind instrument. Yeah. What would that be like for me? Yes. And to just be in that place, like, I just feel like there's so much freedom there. 
Um, and, and I'm just like, you know, anything that ends up coming out of it, you know, this experimenting, you know, that's great. But I just want to be in that, in that space. Like I, I've just started making 3D art. So I like had a PC built, like I'm learning all the things. Oh, right. And like people keep asking, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm just having a blast. I'm just having a blast. <laughs> like that's tinkering great. and learning how all these little things work. We'll see what comes of it. But yeah. I'm like that's where I want to be. That's I think right. that's a sweet spot. That's right. So yeah, I just want I just want more of that in my life. Like you know, I just want to be the the fun aunt, fun cousin, right. fun neighbor that's who right. just like has all these random little <laughs> gadgets in her house, make 3D printing dinosaurs. I, I don't it. know. That's I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's what I want. I love it. I love it. And Morgan, where can they follow you? Where can they buy? You know, what what, what, what do you want to tell the people, girl? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere on social media. And I have a book. It's called Pieces of Practice. Yes. And I have an app called Storyteller. So you can go check out those. And I also post for free all my wallpapers and fun stuff. You don't have to buy anything for me. Like, just come hang out, yeah. screenshot something you like. Yes. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Enjoy, y'all. <laughs> Enjoy. Andre, what's on your creative bucket list? Is there something that you're like, I want to do that? <laughs> yeah. There are a couple things. I'm not going to say too much about that because I don't want anyone to steal my other ideas. Oh, I can feel that. There I feel is, that. That's there's, a, there's a docu-series that I want to produce. Oh, great. Um, I'm actually in talks with some people about it right now, you you know, a director and, you know, see if they can help me get some funding and all that. And um, and I also want to write a thriller. I don't know if I want to write it, but mm-hmm. but I do want to I do want to see it happen. So, I, you know, I don't know what role I really have, okay. have in it, but there's a thriller that I want to write. Like a movie white, or a book or? About white Jesus, a film, a, a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we all know white theology is a horror story. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's that's those are some things for to follow me. I just send people to my website because everything is there, right? Okay. Social media is there, mailing list is there, store is there, music, podcast, all that stuff. So if you know if you want to connect, go to andrehenry.co. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank y'all so much. This was such a rich conversation, enlivening, mm-hmm. uh, encouraging, and inspiring, and truthful. Truthful. So, <laughs> so I'm grateful. So grateful that y'all took the time to sit at the table with us, Morgan and Andre. And of course, I want to thank our sisters at the table. Thank y'all for sitting at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about this episode, Black Creatives with Morgan Harper Nichols and Andre Henry. Use the hashtag Truth Table and Black Women. Did y'all know that Truth Table has a Black Women's Facebook discipleship group? Well, we do. So go and like our page on Facebook and answer the entry questions and you will be invited to come into our discipleship group. Um, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truce Table or email us your thoughts about the episode at asktrucetable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truce Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash trucetable or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me 
slash Truth Table. Truth Table is made part and possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. Our video producer is Daryl Bradford. And we have been your hosts, Akemini and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.